0: Welcome back into the motivated mompreneur podcast today Sarah and I are talking about the gap between what our body actually needs and what society and healthcare are teaching us and I'm really excited to have this conversation today so Sarah welcome into the podcast thank you so much for having me oh my gosh so pumped for this because as I was sharing with you before we hit record, my background is in healthcare as well. So, um, can you share more with our listeners about who you are and what you do?
1: Yes, absolutely. Let me tell you a little bit about my backstory first. So, I'm paramilitary, I was in the Air Force. I separated when I got pregnant with my daughter because I didn't want to keep doing that life. Um, it was really important to me to be a mom, but I really lost my village when I kind of separated. Um, My husband and I were stationed in Omaha. I didn't have any family. My family's in Southern California. His family's in Florida. Um, And like three months after my daughter was born, I got this really bad pain in my shoulder. So I kind of tried to deal with it. It got worse and worse. I finally went to the doctor and learned that it was actually in my neck and it was referred pain from an issue that I was having there. So he gave me like some trigger point injections in my muscles and sent me to physical therapy which was fine. you know. It worked, it managed it, um, but it didn't ever really go away. And I never found the resolution that I was looking for. He didn't really have a lot of answers for me about what was going on. And so I kind of dealt with it on and off for like six years until I got into occupational therapy school, which is what I do now. Um, And I got into more of this lifestyle health and what are we doing wrong? And I looked back and I realized that none of the providers that I had during that time talked to me about my stress level. I was a brand new mom. I was all by myself. My husband was deploying. I was trying to nurse and having a really hard time. I had terrible posture. I wasn't sleeping. I didn't have time to cook. Like none of these things, nobody ever talked to me about them. And it's just this, these are the things that we're all dealing with every day that are not part of the healthcare system. And that's what really made me passionate about when I finally learned how to resolve my own pain, that's what I want to do with people. Oh my gosh. That's an
0: incredible story because you have taken an event that, you know, most people, they just kind of shrink back and go, okay, well, I mean, the doctor says there's really nothing else. So I guess I'll just deal with it. And bringing these topics to the forefront of conversations is so, so important. Because as women, as moms, we're dealing with a lot of these things that you you talked about. And our cortisol levels, our stress levels are through the roof. Yes. So can we talk a little bit about what, what is that gap between what our body needs and what we're constantly being taught. I think the
1: biggest thing is, is that we have this disconnect of mind and body. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly there are things that are physical. We get injuries, bodies wear out. That is the thing that happens. But in reality, there is no division. Everything that happens is, you know, a biochemical reaction of things. Your thoughts are biochemical reactions within your body. Your emotions are biochemical reactions. All of these things have a mental component and a physical component. And when you have a doctor who's treating the body and a doctor who's treating the mind who aren't working on anything together, there's this gap where nothing is connected anymore. We're so disconnected from our emotions in our body and we're so disconnected from our body and our mind that we have this epidemic of stress and burnout and chronic pain and illnesses and that's where all of this is coming from
0: and it truly is epidemic you know it when is. you when you see the sheer volume of patients that are dealing with one if not all of these it's it's very alarming mm-hmm. and as society we need to be more aware so how did you go about reconnecting body to mind to overcoming this adversity and finding a way to work through that pain, finding a way to advocate for yourself and create change.
1: Yes. I love that question so much. So the way that I got through it all, because I got really lucky when I was in OT school, I had a professor who owned a private practice who did myofascial work and the fascial system, which is very simply put, it's kind of a connective tissue system throughout our bodies. um, But it does so many more things. And that was really how I tapped into not just my body, but my emotions within my body and the things that I've been through with my body. And in going through that, that system, I was able to kind of release some of the things that I'd been, had been stuck. And so it, it, like, I love science and I love, the background part, but I think there's so much that we experience as human beings that you can't measure in a lab. You can't do like, there are things that the research can't support because we literally do not have the ability to measure it, but that doesn't make it less real. And fascism is kind of one of those things that's a little bit on the fringes. There's a big body that says it's all pseudoscience and it's not real. And there's a big body that says, well, this, you know, we've done this research that shows that it's great. And, There's a ton of anecdotal evidence, um, but I really believe that it's the space where the mind resides in the body. So when you've been through trauma, it gets trapped in your tissue. When you've got chronic stress, it gets trapped in your tissue and going through and releasing that tension allows those emotions to be processed and to move.
0: That is an absolutely beautiful description because yes, our body does hold traumas and In the medical community it is hard to objectify some of this data so because we don't have the capacity to do it they consider it not valid or you know not not important enough to put any more research into which which is really sad in a way because our body is holding on to all of these past traumas and how have you What tools have you used to help release some of these? Are there ways that our listeners can do some myofascial release techniques at home?
1: Yes. So the main thing with myofascial release is that it's a slow controlled stretch. Um, Some of my favorite things are doing like legs up the wall. So you lay down on your back with your butt up against the wall and you literally just put your legs straight up put your arms out and you just relax and that kind of allows because we're all very forward we work in front of us we're very hunched over everything is right in front of us and so this front side gets really tight and there's a lot of tension there and when you lay down and you put your legs up it allows the front to stretch out and relax and kind of create a little bit more balance in the body um and one of the things i tell my clients is if you're too tight in your lower back or you're too tight in your legs some ways that you can modify that are by scooting your butt away from the wall So that hip angle, isn't so much, or you can do it in front of your couch and bend your knees so that your calves are on the cushions and your back is on the floor. And that'll release some of that tension so that you can still get the benefit from the stretch. The other thing that I really love, I use them all the time are therapy balls. And they're like, you can use a tennis ball. Um, Lacrosse balls are not great because they're so hard. They can actually damage tissue. Um, But therapy balls are really affordable. You can get them on Amazon. They come in a two pack with a little pouch. And you just use them over your muscles and they just allow, allow the fascia to kind of reset itself because when you feel like you have knots in your back, that's actually places where your fascia has become dysfunctional and it's created those knots. And so you can use the therapy balls to get into those places that are tender and allow them that time and slowly work out that that tightness that's in there
0: so good so good and you know you have to think about it when is the last time you took the time to just lay flat on the ground most of us it's been a while and over time it really does start to impact us i mean just look around look how forward everyone's heads are because you Mm -hmm. think about it we're constantly staring at computer screens at our phone screens we're looking down we're always in that rounded shoulder position. So yeah, you go to lay down and you realize how tight your chest is and your neck, and it can be uncomfortable. But like mm-hmm. you said, making those little modifications, making those little tweaks, it does. It just expands everything and lets you finally be able to breathe again. Because I think we get into such these high threshold states that we forget to breathe even, which is kind of sad. What do you think about it?
1: It's really sad. And then you add in, you know, constrictive clothing and, you know, the athleisure trend is kind of going out, but all of that tightness around your body and, you know, societal standards of having such a flat stomach and being so skinny and people have stopped breathing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have. And it just, it really does start to impact everything. Our energy levels, our ability to thrive. So how have you found that, that this huge mind body disconnect affects our energy levels?
1: It's huge because you're just kind of on autopilot going through your day. You're not thinking about what's really happening inside your body. And we kind of get into this efficiency mindset where now not only are you not paying attention to what's going on, but you've also limited kind of the movements that you're getting in your body, you know, some minor examples, but, you know, you put your washer and dryer up on a pedestal so that they're easy height to reach into, but then you're not bending or your coffee cups are right on the counter. So you don't have to reach up and use your arm to bring them down. There are, tiny changes that you can make that increase that diversity of movement that you get throughout your day. I mean, for a lot of people, the only time that they ever put their arms above their head is when they're washing their hair. Other than that, they never reach up. And with joints, especially because there is no blood supply into your joints. It requires that movement to squish new fluid in and squish old fluid out and move things around and keeps your joints healthy. So getting those full ranges of motion more frequently is super important. And kind of the analogy that I like to use is if you play with clay, we've all played with clay or dough or something like that. If you take a little bit and you set it aside and you leave it alone, it dries out really fast, but the bit that you're playing with stays pretty soft for a while. It's the same with your body. If you sit in one position for a long time, you kind of start to get sticky and dry. But if you have more regular bouts of movement, you maintain more of that flexibility. So, you know, even if you go to the gym for an hour a day, it's like eating a salad and the rest of the day was junk food. Like, it's great that you did that, but at the same time, it needs to be more throughout the day. Exactly. We get so
0: busy that we forget to move. Mm-hmm. And it leads to so many problems down the road. And I think part of it is just because we're on autopilot. Yeah. Our brains were designed to keep us safe. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it's just science. It's primal. <laughs> and our brains are going to figure out efficient ways to do things. Yes. And so often that involves sedentary actions, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, it's totally natural to want to conserve that
0: energy exactly because that's what you know again it keeps us
1: safe and so, I think it sorry to cut you off no you're I think fine. it also contributes to that compartmentalization of the mind and the body because your brain wants to keep you safe it doesn't want those feelings those heavy feelings are uncomfortable in the body and so we're really good at just kind of closing them off but they're still there right. we're just not paying attention to them anymore exactly exactly
0: and you know even when you're thinking about you know exercising taking a walk it can be a little uncomfortable it may make you a little sore but that shouldn't stop you. That shouldn't slow you down because that's where the change is occurring. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, when you are doing some of those techniques with the the little therapy ball that you were describing, yeah, it can be a little uncomfortable. But once you start to sink into it, it starts to ease. It's not as uncomfortable. It becomes more freeing. You have more mobility. The results are worth that little bit of discomfort that's just temporary. You have Mm -hmm. to keep in mind, this is temporary temporary, but really getting out of autopilot, I think is something as moms, as business owners that we all struggle with a little bit again, because of our brain, what have you found to be beneficial to get you out of autopilot?
1: I have timers for everything. I have a timer that goes off at the top of every hour and I take even just five minutes and I'll do some stretching or I'll take a walk. Um, If I really can't get up from my desk, even just doing some marches in my chair, some calf raises, moving my arms around, getting my shoulders a little bit looser and my chest open, I can feel a difference and just that reminder to do it more often. And I think the thing that a lot of people get caught up in is it doesn't have to be these huge gestures. It doesn't have to be, you know, I went weightlifting or I ran five miles If you can go walk for five minutes a few times a day, that's huge. You know, if you can do 20 minutes of yoga while your kids are playing with their toys, that's fantastic. It doesn't have to be major.
0: Yes. Yes. Because it's that consistency. That's where the results come from. I loved your analogy about... You know it's like doing a workout and you know eating eating good one meal but then the rest of the meals are right. absolute garbage like it's that consistent effort and it doesn't take a lot of time you just described some really powerful ways that we can so easily incorporate this into our daily routine you know just move stretch yeah. those arms out squeeze those shoulders back and just don't be in one position all day long because eventually you're going to get stuck in that position and not be able to get out of it because you are so tight because your fascia Mm -hmm. is so restricted. And yeah, like you said, it's not an all or none type of thinking. We have to get out of that thought train because Mm -hmm. for a lot of us, it's like, okay, well, I didn't work out today, so why even bother? Why even bother yeah. making good choices with my food and why even try moving? But what you described, it works perfectly and beautifully in our day. I love it. Sarah, where can we learn more about you?
1: I am primarily on Facebook and Instagram at the TheWellBodyDoc. Um, definitely find me there. I'm currently in the middle of a rebrand, so my website's not up right now, but I am normally at TheWellBodyDoc.com dot com as well.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah, for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your value with our community.
1: Thank you so much. Absolutely.
0: And until next time, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.